It's Kane Hodder from Friday the 13th. You are listening to 13 Days of Friday on Rock Video Rental. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Rock Video Rental. We are continuing with our Friday the 13th marathon. Uh, I am Brandon, and with me, as always, is Caleb. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. We are in Friday the 13th, Part 3, from 1982. It is directed by Steve Miner. Um, some of the cast here, we got Dana Kimmel as Chris, Tracy Savage as Debbie, Richard Brooker plays Jason this time, David Cadams as Chuck, Larry Zerner as Shelley. Catherine Parks as Vera, and Paul Kratka as Rick. Uh, the plot is, having revived from his wounds, Jason Voorhees takes refuge at a cabin near Crystal Lake. As a group of co-eds arrive for their vacation, Jason continues his killing spree. Uh, this movie is supposed to take place the very next day after part two. Um, so, you know, naturally, we get a recap at the beginning of it. And I think this is like the second one in a row now where I forgot that there was a recap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, this recap was definitely better than the one that they did before, but it was still, I don't know if it was necessary. Yeah, I really don't think it was. Um, I I don't know if we just feel that way because we just watched part two not too long ago. Yeah. Or whatnot. But, I mean, this one came out a year after. So, mm. I mean, how many people really didn't know what was going on? Yeah. Like I, I like I said, it's definitely done better because it wasn't as long as the first one. But uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is at this point. So um, I have to mention too before we get too far into the review uh, and the recap stuff that this installment was shot in 3D, <sighs> and there's many things in this movie that are that really corny 80s and 90s uh, kind of 3D gimmick where, here, let's put something right into the camera. Yep. <laughs> here's like here's I, a baseball bat. Here's a yo-yo. Here's, an eye, here's a yo-yo. Here's an eyeball. Here's some guys juggling. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I actually did not realize that until now. That was originally shot for 3D. So I just took that as in weird filming choices. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be artistic. Yeah. I was like, wow, they're trying to do different stuff with this movie when I was watching. And I was like, oh, now that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's. And I also have to mention, too, like in the early 80s, it seemed like every part three of a series had to be in 3D. You know, for this Friday the 13th, Part 3, Jaws 3D, uh, Amityville 3D. It was like one after another. And, it, you know, this isn't like... 
3D as we know it now, where you just wear like the clear glasses. No, this was back in the 80s where everything was the, the red blue. Nice. So even, you know, the 3D uh, thing at the time wasn't that great. And the DVD I have of this movie came with 3D glasses. And oh, you could no. like switch the 3D mode on. Uh. And my wife and I, like, the first, I had her watch it with me, like, when I got the DVD because I was interested in the 3D aspect of it. We watched it with the glasses on for like half of it. And we're just like, did you really notice much of a difference? Like, no. Okay, let's just take them off and watch it normal. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's cool that they tried with the DVD. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there's, like, a whole bunch of characters in this. And, you know, I I messaged you while I was watching it. And, you know, I said, this movie is kind of known for a couple things. Um, one of them being the final girl, uh, Dana Kimmel, mm-hmm. as Chris. And she is kind of, I guess, a little polarizing. Some people kind of don't like the acting job she did in it uh and then other people like her because you know she's i mean she's pretty good looking and i don't just kind of more memorable i guess through the series than mm-hmm. some of the other girls but you know yeah, i mentioned you know this one has one of the better looking final final girls in it and then i realized watching this movie for like has to be about the 20th time all the women in this movie are pretty attractive well, yeah, it was kind of funny because you you did say that you were like, oh, you know, it's kind of known because it has one of the better looking final girls. And then I was watching and I was like, I have no idea which one's going to be the final girl. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've seen this whole series so many times and going back and paying more attention to it, like taking notes for the show. That's when I realized, like, you know, this one, like the cast of women in it are more attractive than a lot of the other ones. And I wonder, like, if that was purposeful. Um, you know, it is to mention that this was also, you know, part two and three were both directed by Steve Miner. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he was maybe like, you know, we had a little more real people in the second one. Let's get some more attractive women here in the third one or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are the things that stands out in this movie to me always is the opening credits uh the music that they play yeah it's really like i don't like dance almost disco Mm -hmm. and you know the credits are all in 3d um that was one of the only things that really worked with the glasses with the dvd is that the credits kind of stood out but that's really about it (laughs) Uh, i don't the music is so corny but i kind of dig it at the same time (laughs) yeah it it was a little weird um i felt like it fit okay but it was it was a little weird Uh, (laughs) so you know like i said in the, the the synopsis the um this time it's a group of friends who are all getting together and going to a cabin that's you know out in the woods and it's near crystal lake um and it just so happens that you know after running away from what happened in part two you know jason 
survived and he starts killing these people. Um, the, the group of friends that went to the cabin. And uh, I'm sure you recognize the whole area that they're in from the game because another, you know, another props to the, the people that created the Friday 13th, the game for, uh, you know, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and all that. The accuracy of everything in this, on this map is, is pretty astounding. Yeah, and then as you said too, a lot uh, or several of the characters in the game were from this movie. Yeah, so. and a few of the characters that stand out, other than Dana Kimmel, you get Shelley, who was a playable character in Friday Thirteenth, the game. He's mm-hmm. kind of the prankster, kind of I guess loner, little outcast, um, kind of the the chubby, joking guy. That you know desperately wants to be liked, but it's just socially awkward. Actually, funny, I have a note in here that his his practical jokes always go too far. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like Winston Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Winston always had the issue on New Girl where either his practical jokes went way too far or they were, weren't even noticeable. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like Shelley's practical jokes are just a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know with his jokes you get he wears a mask and sneaks up on someone with a knife uh, stabs a guy with a you know with like a fake rubber knife and then another one of his pranks is he lays in a, like a like a closet and then when someone opens the door he falls out with a hatchet in his head yeah and it's just like okay this guy He's annoying and he's kind of dopey looking. He he kind of reminds me of like Seth Rogen. Yeah. But and, you know, not not as funny, I guess. And who the heck brings a harpoon gun with them? <laughs> yes, and you know the best part about Shelley? He gives Jason the mask. Yes, that, that the is the first part of this movie. Jason walks around without a mask on, and it's not until um, Shelley brings out the hockey mask that Jason finally has an iconic look, which is kind of funny because that's what this series is known for is a hockey mask wearing killer, but he doesn't get it until halfway through the third movie. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was just like, I really wonder what it would have been like to watch these movies and ha- see that for the first time, you know? Yeah. And that mask, it was just kind of like by happenstance, I guess they needed something to conceal Jason's face. And um, I believe it was Steve Miner, who was a Red Wings fan had this hockey mask. It had a Red Wings logo on it and they got the logo off it. So that's why the mask has like the red triangles on it. Okay. It's because it was originally a Red Wings hockey mask. Interesting. Yeah. So that, you know, just kind of quick answer to concealing Jason's face became one of the most iconic looks, probably in like all of media, I would say, even the, one of the most recognizable looks. Mm hmm. 
and parodied. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there was, was there any like things that really stood out to you in this movie? Because I've got like a couple quotes that kind of made me laugh or maybe you kind of raised my eyebrow. Um, not detailed like quotes, but just for me, and I'm going to say this every time just because I know people are going to drop in these episodes at different points in time. So for context, I have before starting this series from start to finish, I had only seen Jason X and what was the other one that we saw? Jason takes Manhattan. Takes Manhattan. Yeah. So those were the only ones I watched. Um, cause Brandon is the horror movie film buff. And so it's, uh, honestly, so here we are film three. This has been a really interesting experience for me because each time I'm like, I never really expected this series to go quite like this because of what I have essentially framed in my mind from the small bit of those two movies and then playing the video game. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now I'm starting to see a lot of the repetition and kind of like get a better idea of it by getting onto film three. But again, you know, I always had this picture in my mind that people were going to get, you know, stuck in a remote location and then Jason's going to be killing them off and they know that they're being hunted. But yet again, this is uh, the situation where nobody knows that Jason is there killing people like until they're the only one being hunted. Like somebody stumbles across a body and then instantly they die within the following minutes. And then mm-hmm. it was only the um, last and final uh, character, Chris, who knew that there was a killer out there and she was trying to get away from it. Cause everybody else just pretty much got killed almost immediately. So that always just surprises me that that's the route that these movies are usually going. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, the slasher trope of, you know, the final girl kind of just like stumbles across all of her friends' bodies. It's like the discovery moment. They call it mm-hmm. like opens a door body falls out and then, like oh one falls from the ceiling oh one's sitting in a chair <laughs> yeah well kind of like the thing two movies that come to mind because again my horror movie viewing list is rather short but two movies that kind of i i felt like it was uh the generic standard for a lot of horror movies um i think of wrong turn and the texas chainsaw massacre movie that came out in like 2002 or something like that Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like you have a group of people and then they discover there are killers and they're all trying to escape, but they slowly get picked off one by one. Where, like I said, in these situations, it's a group of people, but they slowly get picked off one by one, but they don't know they're being killed. Yeah, they don't know they're being followed and hunted, basically. Yeah, so it's just a very like interesting difference Because like I said, I mean, for all these years, I had limited knowledge of this stuff, of this series, Friday the 13th. And so now to be Mm -hmm. watching it, it's that's kind of an interesting thing to take away from it. But yeah, no, this one was um, this one was a good one. Uh, You and I kind of talked about that before that um, you said that this was one of your more favorite ones. And I thought this was uh, a really well done uh, one from the series so far from what I've seen. 
Yeah, and there's like a lot of memorable things from it. Um, you know, even down from the characters, like, you know, I mentioned Shelly is a memorable character. You know, they spent a lot of time developing him as kind of the the awkward um, fat guy that, you know, desperately wants everybody to like him, but he does not quite sure how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And he does like all these pranks that just, they always go wrong and they're in bad taste. Um, on top of that, we also get the biker gang that Shelly and Vera meet at the party store. Um, that's another, we get another playable character in the game, um, which is Fox, mm-hmm. the the girl of the group. We also get um, Ali, and then I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like he has a kind of loco. That's his name. <laughs> I knew I had it somewhere in my notes. But yeah, Ali, Logo, and Fox. Um, and I always remember the the biker gang in this. Just because like they foul Shelly and Vera back to the cabin. And they're trying to get even with them for like trashing their motorcycles. And they end up falling prey to Jason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, do you remember... I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the character, but you remember the character on the game with the striped shirt, the girl? I feel like she is kind of based off from Chris. Uh, possibly, yeah. I don't remember well enough. She was kind of like the one they considered the final girl, like she's the girl next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks a lot like uh, Dana Kimmel. Which, yeah, I don't know if like the creators of the game love this movie a lot or or whatnot, but it's just kind of funny that they were able to create two actual playable characters like from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jenny Myers is the name of the character in the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I was just looking that up, and yeah, that I could see that. Yeah, there's even, if you Google Jenny Myers Friday 13th, the game, there's a picture of her next to Dana Kimmel in this movie, and they're pretty similar, even wearing the same shirt. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I guess the other thing I remember from this movie is, so the character of Chris kind of has like a backstory that, you know, she had something kind of emotionally scarring happened to her while she was at that cabin um, at a younger age. And basically what it is is she gets like assaulted by Jason in the woods. Mm -hmm. Like was she like assaulted or like groped or something like that by Jason? I don't know. It's very (laughs) weird because then like her parents know knew something happened but yeah, then they don't what... talk about it. So it's like, why did Jason let her live? It's very weird. And they do like a flashback thing. So it's like, but she doesn't like tell the full story. So is she like just assaulted and like beaten by him? Or was she like raped by Jason? <laughs> I don't know. I was ready for something <laughs> weird to come from it on them, like going that route. But no, it was very, 
um, ambiguous. What was yeah. the plan behind that? Yeah, it's not fully explained, which, you know, probably is the best thing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a traumatic experience. Uh, and, you know, aside from that weirdness, there are 12 kills in this movie, which seems kind of excessive, but just wait until the later installments. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, so, you know, like always, I got a list of all the kills here. So at the beginning, we see like an, an older couple that like are bickering back and forth. And they have like a like a general store. Um, that's Harold and Edna. Harold gets a meat cleaver to the chest. Edna gets a knitting needle to the back of the head. Um, both of those are kind of cool. Uh you know, Fox that I mentioned who's a playable character in the game. She gets pinned to the rafter with a pitchfork and a neck. And yeah, like, was... her body just kind of hangs there. Uh, the special effects on that are pretty cool. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that one. I didn't expect her to uh, die so quickly. Yeah, and like she is a memorable character too for like the little bit of time that she was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so Loco, one of the other biker gang members he gets a pitchfork to the stomach um and shelly gets his throat slashed off screen and jason takes his mask uh and vera gets a spear to the eye from the harpoon gun that one always makes me sad because i liked her character yeah because she was kind of just kind of happy-go-lucky and she was nice to shelly even though you know he's kind of annoying and Nobody really wants him around. She was supposed to be like set up with him. And instead of being like, this guy, she's still kind of, you know, wants to be his friend. She like, he tries to hit on her and she like flat out tells him like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. It's like, but we could be friends. And she's nice to him the rest of the movie. So I was like, every time I watch this, I'm like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, um, I thought, that she was potentially going to be the last one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, cause I mean, like I said, you were just like, Oh yeah, it's got the, one of the more attractive, uh, last girls. And I was just like, okay, well, I don't know which girl you mean then. <laughs> and so with her being so nice and everything, I was just like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe it'll be turn out to be this. And, uh, that was not the case. I didn't know if the, he was going to shoot the harpoon gun and miss, uh, but then that was not the case. Yeah. And uh, the next one. So with these movies, you know, fans of them kind of have their quote unquote favorite kills of the movies. Um, and this next one to Andy is one of my favorites. Uh, Andy is walking on his hands through the cabin and Jason gets a machete and slices him down between his legs. And hacks him down to the ground. Uh, that one to me always stands out because it's how brutal it is. Because you get a shot from like the floor up. Yeah. And you see Jason with a machete, and the guy kind of looks at he's like, just kind of gasps, and then Jason just hacks him, and he collapses to the ground. There's blood all over the the camera. Yeah. So Debbie gets a knife to the chest from beneath the hammock, and up. Uh, I'll mention more about Debbie after I get through this because <laughs> I've got some kind of interesting things to think about. Um, Chuck gets electrocuted 
Chili is impaled with a fireplace poker in the chest. Rick gets his head squeezed and his eye pops out, which is a kill from the game. Yep. And then Ollie, the last of the biker gang, he gets his arm hacked off and then he gets chopped with a machete. Um, so I got some interesting things to kind of think about with this movie. So towards the end, there's a scene where um, Jason chases Chris into the barn. She knocks him down, knocks him out, and then puts a rope around his neck and then throws him out the, the hayloft mm-hmm. to like hang him. Uh, Jason pulls himself back up and he, he's pulling the rope off and it takes his mask off and he kind of smiles at her. And I was wondering, like, does Jason recognize who she is? And is he giving like her a smile to be like, hey, remember me? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I guess I didn't put too much thought into that. I was thinking more of it as like a smile on being like, hey, I'm not dead. I'm not done yet kind of a thing. <laughs> guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Jason's back. Yeah, so, yeah, I do remember that, and um, so this was another one, oh, shoot, we were talking about with uh, some movies and everything, this is another one of those, and this is typical with horror movies, you know, where it's just like, oh, the end, oh, not the end, oh, the end, oh, not the end. Yeah, all the false finishes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I mentioned a little earlier, just like a couple minutes ago, about Debbie. Mm-hmm. So they mentioned earlier in the movie that Debbie is pregnant. Yeah. So this is kind of my morbid thought because I've never thought about this. So when Jason kills her, does that count as two kills? <laughs> I I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, like I like in general, I would say yes. But, you know, in the standpoint of how people record things. Like you said, there's a site that has all the kills broken down and everything. Do you know yeah. if that's included there? That's see, it says 12. And like, if they're counting Debbie and like her unborn child as one person, that makes sense. But if they're not counting the unborn child, then it's would be 13. It, as morbid as that is to think of, for some reason that popped in my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, I, since with these movies and everything, there are those like kill counters. I mean, that makes sense to kind of question that. Yeah. And I also noticed too, in the movie, she smokes and drinks in it. Oh yeah. And I pointed, I pointed that out to my wife because my wife is pregnant right now. And she just kind of laughed. She's like, people didn't care back then. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I guess that's true. It's like 1982. People didn't care. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I forgot about that. And actually, it was um, when that happened at the beginning and they started talking about it, I lost track between Debbie and Chris. And I was like, crap, which one said they were pregnant? Yeah, so, it was definitely Debbie. Yeah, I picked up on that a little bit later, like with the whole thing, the fact that she was like in a relationship and compared to Chris, who was uh, returning to a relationship with Rick or whatever. So, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I had some quotes from this movie that kind of stand out to me. Uh, so there's one from Shelley where 
I think it's Vera that says to him, like, like Shelly, what are you what are you doing? Like, why aren't you going with everybody else to the lake? He says, Oh, they said there was they were going skinny dipping, and I guess I'm not skinny enough. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. That was a good um, one. Another one, the character of Rick. I hate that guy. Are we supposed to like that guy? I don't know. He was weird. Like he was weird and like really kind of pervy. Like for a for like the the final girl's boyfriend, he was very unlikable. Yeah, I could see that and agree with that. He was um but I did find it a little bit funny the dynamic of like uh how he explained you came here to see me and now you're putting up these barriers and things like that and i was saying what a typical relationship (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he like makes like a bunch of like hints not really even hints because they're kind of blatantly obvious about he wants to sleep with her He's like, so we'll set a we'll set aside two hours a day to um, give in to our urges or something like that. He says, "Yeah, super awkward." Like, like, who comes out and says this? And there's another part too, where they first get there, Rick's already there, and then he's helping Chris like empty out the van, and he says to her, "He's like, I think you've gained some weight since the last time I saw you." <laughs> Who the hell says that to a woman? And who and what woman like just shrugs it off? Yeah, because she kind of just like laughs. Like, oh, Rick, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I could have seen if they if they played a joke with that where it's like, you know, they knew each other from when they were kids and it's been like three years or something since they since they've seen each other. So they both have grown up like a joke like that. Or like but, if she would have said something like, hey, you're looking pretty short these days or something like that. Yeah. And if but, he was like, it looks like you've gained weight. Exactly. It's just, it. Uh, there were certain parts, like you said, the development of Shelly was really great in this movie. The character of Rick and Chris's boyfriend or love interest or whatever was probably the most weird, awkward, less least successful development oh I, I totally agree yeah and I, I guess i never really noticed watching this movie like how much that guy annoys me until i watched it this time and i'm like this guy is a douche <laughs> <laughs> well one part that kind of made me laugh a little bit was um i mean you know how horror movies usually focus on the girls but then they got rick who was i mean like decently uh good looking guy he was like the uh i mean his character itself was um kind of like a farm boy kind of thing mm-hmm. and um but he was in really good shape and he was working in the barn and i just thought it was a little comical that somebody screamed and they ran into the house or something and his first instinct was i need to grab my shirt <laughs> and i was like really if there's some kind of an emergency you think it's important to stop and grab your shirt that seems you know contrary to most movie logic it's like I heard somebody scream, so I grabbed my shirt and I came out. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, usually, I feel like there was a show or a movie that um, I just saw that made fun of it, where somebody was in distress and their first reaction was, "I need to take off my shirt." 
to help someone and they were making fun of it that way. And I was just like, now you have the polar opposite of, Oh, somebody's in trouble. I need to grab my shirt and put clothes on. Right. So anyways, small comment there. Yes. Um, I guess we can move on to the trivia here. Um, there's a few interesting things about this movie. So the house, the barn and the lake were all made like made for the movie. Really? So the man, the man-made lake wasn't properly sealed, and like all the water drained down into the dirt after the first week of filming. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so that waste of money there. Uh, I mentioned this movie was shot in 3D. So the Royal Independent Movie Theater in Toronto, that closed in 2006, they owned one of the few copies of the movie in its original 3D format, and they used to show it like every Halloween. Nice. Yeah. So the original plan for part three was to have Amy Steele reprise her role as Ginny for part two. She was going to be confined to a psych ward. Uh, naturally, I mean, it's a slasher movie. They're always psych wards. <laughs> uh, she discovers that Jason has tracked her down and is murdering the staff. Um, so Amy Steele, like, originally, she declined. Um, the role part three to do other projects and now she wishes she would have taken it Oh, which now that i think about it i mean you wouldn't really know this but the idea for uh friday 13th uh part three with jenny going to a hospital and jason tracking her down that's pretty much halloween too okay which came oh, up, which yeah, came up yeah, the yeah. year before <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You've told me enough about that movie. Yeah, so maybe it's best that that didn't happen. Yeah, it would have been seen as more of a ripoff. I mean, the original Friday Thirteenth, they got their idea to like rip off Halloween to make money. So, well, I guess it would just followed in line. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I know that I'll learn more of this as we complete the series, but don't all of them revolve around Crystal Lake to some degree anyway, so maybe it's best the that they... Part, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's best that they didn't really venture off too far. I mean, I know Jason takes Manhattan, kind of goes a little extreme, and then of course Jason X, where he goes to space, <laughs> uh, is a <laughs> yeah. little far-fetched, but... Yeah. So, the f- movie was filmed under the fake title of Crystal Japan, to prevent the plot from being leaked. Uh, and that started the tradition of the Friday the 13th movies having working titles of David Bowie songs. Nice. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that different directors kind of continued with that. So that is all I have for trivia. Uh, let's get into the grade. So the IMDb grade for that did you happen to see that? No, I did not. I did a good job and I didn't look. <gasps> so what do you think it is? Uh, I'd say... I think you kind of were telling me about how this... Well, you, you like this one and it's probably one of the better ones. I'd probably go with uh, a six... Um, that's pretty close. It was a five point seven. Okay. Um, nice. 
And then the second source I pull from is Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there is a critic and an audience score on that. What do you think those are? All right. Critics are so messed up. Um, I'm going to go with like, um, let's go with 40%. Oh, you're way off. They apparently hated this movie. It got a 12%. Wow. On 26 uh, reviews. Really? Like, yeah. That seems so weird because the acting was pretty well done. The filming was pretty good. That seems very like I. the only thing that really kind of comes to mind is are they getting sick of the repeat story? Yeah, that and like the gimmicky 3D, I guess. Yeah. Before to be um, that low, weird. Hmm. I think that might be the lowest movie we've ever really? reviewed. Wow. With a critic score. Yeah, 12%. I was, I was kind of shocked when I saw that as well. Um, the audience score is a little more favorable. Um, what do you think that is? Uh, well, if it's a little bit more favorable, well, I'm, I'll just go down the middle and say 50%. Oh, it's 42. Okay. Which is still kind of surprising, but there's uh, 65,000 user ratings for that. Yeah. So a relatively good size. Yeah, you mentioned that you thought this was pretty decent. Uh, what's the the grade you give it? Uh, I can't. I f- I feel like I should be keeping track of what I rate these movies. Um, so maybe I'll go back and start keeping a list. But um, this is a better one. Uh, I would probably say you know, because I usually kind of approach these movies on okay how do I compare it to other movies in the same genre? Do I think the average person who watches this, these kind of movies, would they enjoy this movie like average or a lot? Um, I, I'm comfortable with giving it a four out of five rock. Okay. Um, so cause I, it, yeah. Because it was well done, and uh, the, I feel like there was more, a little bit more of like character development. Special effects were good, um, and yeah, it was an enjoyable movie. So, if anybody's watching uh, horror movies and everything, I would imagine they would enjoy this one as well. So, rock. Um, I had the the same grade. I feel like we've been doing that a lot lately. Uh, I give this one a four out of five. Um, Part one, I think I gave a three and a half. Uh, Part two, I know I gave like a four and a half. Um, I feel like part two is kind of a underrated horror movie. I feel like it deserves a little more credit than what it really gets. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle in the series. Mm -hmm. But this one is always memorable to me. I don't know. It's it's just because like they took the time to build the characters and I can appreciate that. Like, you know, I mentioned Shelly is one of the most established characters in this series. You know, he's given kind of a backstory. He's given some personality. He's kind of prominent in the movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he can be a little polarizing. Either you like him or you find him annoying. Um, a lot of the other characters are just kind of there for bodies. So I can appreciate like this movie trying to like build some character. And 
you know, it doesn't happen very often in these movies too, where you feel bad when somebody like dies or it's kind of surprising. Like we mentioned with Vera. Yeah. And you know, like I liked that character and every time I watch this, I'm always kind of like, man, why did they, you know, why did Jason kill her off? But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's one of the more fun entries in the series. But, you know, two, three, and four are probably, like, the the solid part of the series, I would say. You know, it kind of drops off. It takes a little bit to build up to it, and then kind of drops off towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, when we started, when I mentioned, let's do a marathon, and I was like, you, everything's uphill for you because you saw, like, two of the worst ones. <laughs> yeah i was like if you would have saw part nine then you'd be everything would be uphill from here (laughs) but yeah any um kind of like final words on this um just kind of the basic you know i am i'm a little surprised that i'm enjoying it as much as i am because it's very interesting to be able to watch these for the first time and to get a better understanding of the the series. I, I don't know. I mean, like I know there are a bunch of movie series out there, not too many that are as long as this, but just so interesting to see an iconic movie series that I have so little information about and to see how it progresses and the development. And I know that you even said from the beginning, you're going to see a lot of plot holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's intri- it's intriguing to me. Even though this is not really my genre of movies, I'm still enjoying it. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, this movie, it was one of my, at one point was my favorite of the series. Back when I first watched these, I watched most of them because I bought like all the VHSs from uh, Family Video, where they were getting rid of all their VHS tapes. That is how I got my first watch of them. And I was probably 16, 17, I think, when I got those. Okay. So, yeah, the part three was originally like my favorite one. And, you know, it's still one of my favorites of the series. Uh, and the next time we will be getting to, to my favorite of the series, which is Friday 13th, the final chapter. Is it the final one? Um, we look back now and no, it wasn't. Should it have been? Uh, we'll discuss that next time. <laughs> <laughs> so until then, uh, be kind and rewind.